Welcome to Living a Life Through Books, the podcast about everything bookish. I'm your host, Dr. Shanaz Ahmed, and today's episode comes as a suggestion and request from Lisa of Instagram handle at Stars at Night Pub. Lisa wanted me to do an episode on books turned TV movie. I think this is a great topic of discussion, and I don't think I'll get everything in. But before we dive in, I want to state some disclaimers. First off, I'm a bookish person. I know what a TV is and what a movie theater is. Okay, did that comment help you with this disclaimer? The disclaimer is that I don't do too much TV or movies. I'm not the movie TV analyst. That medium makes me very tired for some strange reason. I am not the expert, just a woman with an opinion, trying to be balanced. But being human, that makes it almost impossible. But that's a different tale for a different time. The other disclaimer is that I'm a bookish person, so as much as I would like to remove my biases, they exist. So with all that said, let's get to this episode. First off, I'd like to discuss some commonalities and inherent differences in the mediums. And then I would like to break this episode into different categories of books, movies. I mean, from the classics to the more modern books and modern classics. A book has words, and those words give rise to our imagination. In a sense, a book has the potential to be more. However, a movie or TV show has something a book does not come with, and that's the background music or the score. Yes, that enhances the element of our emotion. I don't think any of us have an imaginary background score playing when we read. At least, I do not. And music is unarguably a mood enhancer or detractor. So that's one element a book does not come with. The other obvious difference that we need to contend with is time. A book can be as long as it needs to be. Sure, a movie can be that, but generally speaking, movies are about two and a half hours. So when you have super long books to try to capture the full story, you have to get at least a couple of movies in, and sometimes that's not enough either. The other thing I will say about establishing the difference is the comparison between an audiobook versus a movie. Because some audiobooks are enhanced by the style of narration. And so, let's start off with just that. Narration. Narration gives characters a personality. And is the narration better than your own personal internal narration when you read a book? I think some narrations enhance quirks and you get a better feel for a person. So while some audiobooks are better than the real book through their narration, if a narration is off, it can detract from it. And similarly with a movie. If the actor or acting is a bit off, it takes away from the characters. But that's just one element of a movie versus a book, right? 
I'm just going into the basic elements right now without going into specifics. When one reads a book, the onus of description of the whole scene is expressed word by word, sentence by sentence in the book. Every hue of the leaves of a tree gives us a sense of where we are. Even the shades of blues of the sky and the ocean, every wave that crashes upon the shore has significance. In a movie, it's a scene. Our eyes take it all in. It's a background. How much value do we place on that description and the significance of location? Sure, it's beautiful, but I feel some books capture that better. And through that, we can feel our characters more deeply. Another notion is the description of physical features. For me, I find I like a movie better for that. I get a picture of the person they're talking about. Sure, books are descriptive. He had green eyes and a square jaw, but generally speaking, I prefer the visual of a person's physical description because the person I visualize in my mind is a little out of focus usually. That's me. One more basic notion I will explore through this comparison is book first or movie first. What I mean by that is whether you read the book first or you watched the movie. That order matters. And I will also state this. I refuse to claim one way or the other if I have not experienced both mediums. I do not think it's fair. I've had plenty of useless conversations with people who just state that the movie was so good and that it's pointless to read the book, and I will not entertain that conversation. I do not believe it to be a fair discussion unless you have experienced both mediums for the same book or movie. Let's get started. I'd like to take Harry Potter first because this is an unusual case for me. I started with the movie. I think I saw the first movie and immediately decided I needed the books. I loved the movie. And as a person who has always believed that the books are better, I wondered what I missed out in the book. And so I read the book. What did I miss out? Well, there were some story discrepancies in the book versus the movie. To be honest, it's been a while since I saw the movie or read the book, but I remember reading the book and there was something about Hagrid having a dragon's egg versus an actual baby dragon. I can't recall, but I remember reading the book thinking, this was different in the movie, or they didn't mention that in the movie. I don't know what Quidditch would have been like if I started with the book. Perhaps it was better in the movie, the visuals of the field and the ball pose, but that was one aspect that I will give to the movie than the book. I was glad to have seen it and then to have read it. Oh, and character names. This might be the most ridiculous thing, but I'm glad I knew how to say Hermione because Otherwise, I would have read the book as Hermione. A bit of a sidetrack. A man called Uva, I listened to the audio, and that's how I know his name is Uva, not Ove. And we'll talk about this one also because I got to see the movie for it. But back to Harry Potter. It's a cult classic, and after 
I read the remaining books. I watched the movies. I feel that perhaps the earlier movies were book-leaning, but the movies were still good. But as time went on and details so significant, I felt the balance shift more book-heavy. I remember being quite disappointed with the movies as time progressed. Even with a two-part movie, I remember feeling that scenes were cut out and there was more in the book. My husband recently watched the entire Harry Potter movies in sequence. I would walk in and out and watch a few things, but I didn't feel the need to watch the movies again. I personally would like to enjoy the books again. Emotionally, the book has every character ironed out so well and every scene that for me, Harry will always be better in a book. I will make mention that like Harry Potter, where I saw one movie and then continued with the book and then went back to the movie, similarly, Hunger Games. I started with the movie. I think I saw part two. Or were there two parts to part two? Anyway, I haven't read the books yet. I know, I know, I know. Okay, we're not going to talk about that. I was, however, compelled to stop watching the movies so I can read the book. I don't know why, but I have to state that. Since we are on fantasy, I want to talk about Lord of the Rings, but very briefly. I have watched the movies once and have not read the books. Gasp. Another. Sacrilege. I want to be fair here, so I'm calling in my husband to help me with this conversation. I think it'll be a unique perspective there because he has not read the Harry Potter series but has watched all movies and with Lord of the Rings he has done both. So he can give me some perspective on that. Let's bring him in for this part of the conversation and uh, here's Brad. Hello, Brad. Welcome to Living a Life Through Books podcast. This is your first time on. Yes, it is. You've listened to all my episodes. Most of the episodes. I'm still <laughs> making my way through some of the later ones. Okay. So I'm doing an episode about ebooks. Not ebooks, I'm sorry. I'm doing an episode about books versus the movie or the TV show. And my contention is that you cannot say one is better than the other without having experienced both mediums. And I have not read Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so. <laughs> but you have seen the movie. I know that. Yes. And the extended versions of the movie, too. That I know for sure. Okay. Whether you remember all of them or not, I don't know. So, I mean, my thought is I definitely want to read the books. But what are your thoughts when you compare Lord of the Rings books versus the movie? They're very, very similar in a lot of respects. Of course, uh, Peter Jackson, who is the director and one of the writers, did a very good job of adapting uh, the books to the film. Now, the books are fairly dense in terms of storyline and everything like that, and plus they are massively dense with background story that is only even hinted at in Lord of the Rings. 
uh, J.R.R. Tolkien spent most of his lifetime developing this mythos of Middle-earth, an entire history dating about 6,000 years worth of history, and the Lord of the Rings takes pl- is just the teeniest little last portion of it. So there is a lot to this world that is hinted at in the books, and actually Jackson does a good job doing that in the movie. Now, naturally, Lord of the Rings, the books, like the movie, interesting, is that they both start off fairly slow. You're just dealt dealing with hobbits and maybe some of the black riders, and you got to run and get out of the way, but it just kind of moves kind of slow. And then if you keep up with it, like the movie, it runs on like an express train and you just can't put it down or you can't take your take your eyes off the film. So uh, in that, they're very much, very much the same. Now there's a lot so of course... So were you like held on with the book too? Like can't take your eyes off the book? You know, oh, yeah. you remember Ready Player One? I stayed up all night. Mm-hmm. Was it like that for you? Uh, pretty much during the... Uh, Lord of the Rings, like the movies, is divided into three books. Uh, the uh, Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers, and The Return of the King. Once you start getting into The Two Towers, yes, everything starts rolling pretty quickly. That's where also all the battle scenes are, and uh, all, the, you, all the interesting characters are really coming out in the political conflicts. Actually, Jackson uh, does a much better job showing the political conflicts involved in there than uh, Tolkien does, and he makes it a a little more interesting. Otherwise, they're both excellent and for different reasons. Uh, To get more of the entire story, obviously read the book, but Jackson's film uh, does an excellent job. Now, a lot of uh, Lord of the Rings fans are upset with him because he left out uh, one important character uh, named ba- Tom Bombadil. And myself, after re- reading Lord of the Rings, uh, basically found myself saying, what is the point of this character? <laughs> it, you know what? I Okay, so I did make the argument that I cannot really argue for or against uh, the book versus the movie if I haven't seen both. But you can't eliminate a character... I mean, from the movie. I mean, it sounds like fans really like this character. It doesn't matter if the character has a point or not. Sometimes it's just, they're just fun. I mean, it's like the character doesn't move the plot, nothing. But this character is just fun. You're like, oh, I like this character. And he is. He is fun. But he contributes absolutely nothing to the plot. He contributes the fun element, sounds like it. And that's important. Well, what Jackson did was he upped more in the characters of Merry and Pippin and uh, made them more interesting and, and delightful. Uh, some of the other things, there's really a lot more elves involved in uh, the beginning part in the uh, Fellowship of the Ring. In the uh, book or the movie? In the book. In the movie, you've got all those elves parts that show up during the travel are all condensed down at a Legolas. Legolas... Boom. He's the one that, or uh, not Legolas, I'm sorry, uh, the, uh, Elrond's daughter, who eventually marries uh, uh, <laughs> Aragon. Uh, they collapse all those early elves into her part, which is getting 
uh, Frodo off uh, after he's been stabbed, getting him across the river into Rivendell. That's actually, that's an entirely different elf. And so another one saves his life. So they concentrated, but they gave her a much better part because she's just kind of floating there in the background. And she's a much more interesting character in the movie than in the book. So I'll give that. And the love connection between uh, her and uh, Aragon is much better in the movie than in the book. Tolkien didn't spend a whole lot in uh, romantic human actions in Lord of the Rings. Whereas Jackson at least brought a lot of that up in there, which is I'm glad he did because it does it does make a more interesting story there. So, book or movie? Book or movie? Oh boy! Uh, no, I really do love the book. There's also much much more in the book. The movie uh, for the type of media that's in Jackson did an excellent job and i think he made the correct choices uh in a lot in a lot of his stuff uh reading the lord of the rings uh it's like i said it's still excellent but i noticed one thing with tolkien all basic military problems are solved if you are good, pure of heart, and you just keep whacking away, and you and also somebody will come at the last minute to save you. That is in the entire movie, the entire <laughs> book. Sorry, the entire book. Jackson, at least, what I like about it, he at least thinks it through that there's a reason that they win, that they defeat the enemy. There are some actual good reasons why they're able to do that. So that I liked with Jackson. I think it's because Jackson recognized that one problem. You start off with saying the book, and then you end up with saying Jackson, 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 okay. Jackson. It's still the book, though. Okay. Because, like I said, there is much, much more to this world. And Tolkien makes it so real. It's because of the depth of what he has created that he only hints at all the way, all the way through the book. There's tantalizing little things that is all in there. Plus he's got two or three whole languages and there's an appendix, there's appendices in the back if you want to get into it. Do you think, having read the books, that you understand the movie better? So if I'd have read the books before the movie, would I have appreciated the movie better? Would I yes. like the movie better? Yes. You, there, there's Jackson also makes some hints to certain things in there that you probably just kind of passed over. Oh, when actually there is a whole lot of history behind that. And that is in the books. That is most definitely in the books. Okay. I know just, uh, I'm going to shift a little bit. I know recently you binge watched uh, Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. All seven, uh, eight. Eight movies. All eight movies. Mm -hmm. But you have not read. I haven't read any of the books yet. So I'll get around to it. So the question is, why not? Like, is it something in the movie that you just feel like, oh, I'll get around to it? Or you're just kind of like, aren't you intrigued by the book? Oh, I'm intrigued by the book. Uh, I was uh, never wholly attracted to, uh, I guess it's what you call YA. Uh, uh, it's YA fantasy, yeah. But YA fantasy. This or... one was started off as younger than YA. YA is teenagers. Right. But... Now, that that and... is true. That is one of the geniuses with the Harry Potter thing is that 
uh, she changed her writing and it got darker the older, you know, the through more of the books because, as she explained it, her fan base that originally started with the first Harry Potter got older and she wrote to them in that. And I, I found that that is, that is fascinating. That's ingenious. So, yes, I'm probably going to have to do that. Uh, yeah, probably the only Y will be close to YA I've actually probably read is The Hobbit, which was originally a YA book written 1936 by Tolkien. And by the way, that is <laughs> the movie for the movie, the Hobbit has Hobbit is like yay big. And the movies are like that big in terms of story and plot line. And there, he's got things in so there. So for that, Hobbit, yeah. you would pick the movie over the book. Uh, I still love the book. No, I still love the book. The movie is a whole other thing is a whole other thing unto itself. And it actually derives more from uh, Tolkien's other writings that deal with Middle-earth, where all of that lore is actually in there that The Hobbit does not have. And he also makes sure he ties it much closer to The Lord of the Rings, which he made earlier. And Legolas is not in The Hobbit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm... Uh running a little bit out of time. So thank you for coming and clarifying things. I know this was a long conversation that I've shrunk, but uh, thank you. You're welcome. Let's downshift into a classic. I mean like Pride and Prejudice, one of my all-time favorite novels, but I have to be honest here. I have seen several adaptations of this book, and I have preferred them all to the book. Why? It might be the old style of writing. It might be the visual of watching them dance and have the conversation. It could be the actual music playing in the background. I don't know what it is. There's one 40s adaptation of this classic with a twist to the end where Lady Catherine de Bourgh comes to talk to Eliza at the end. And when she goes back all hot and bothered, Darcy is in the carriage and she tells him that Eliza is the right pick for him. That was a twist and it was far off from the book, but I enjoyed it. I have become so entrenched in the movie and BBC TV adaptations of this book but there's a part of me that wants to reread the book. I know the style felt a bit tedious, but since the story is good, I wonder how it would feel. Book or movie? I would pick movie for this classic. There are classics such as The Scarlet Pimpernel and The Count of Monte Cristo that I would like to watch as a movie. I haven't because I'm not the movie person, but for me, I want to see if my visualization of the characters is accurate or not. So I cannot tell you that I liked one versus the other. I will say that I loved The Count of Monte Cristo as a book. So good. Alrighty, let's go to some newer books and movies. The Help, Ready Player One, and A Man Called Uva. All three were wonderful movies and excellent books. 
The Help was such a great book and because of the casting, the movie turned out quite well. They got some good actors there and it was well done. I think the change in Skeeter's mother's attitude towards her was more pronounced in the movie than in the book. I felt, I felt so. I almost didn't realize that mom had changed much, but the movie has that element done way better. Or worse, because I didn't like the change as much. I guess it's perspective there. Ready Player One loved the book a bit more than the movie, but the movie was good. Where the movie excels in is the relationship with the girl. In the book, it was unsatisfying. You don't get a good feel for Wade's relationship with her, but it's sketched out quite well in the movie. But there's more in the book than in the movie. So many, many more scenes. And the tension is palpable in the book. The movie has tension, but not like the book. I was up late reading. The coin in the movie was gotten in the book by playing a perfect game of, what was it, Pac-Man? I don't recall, but that's how Wade got it in the book, and it was better that way. And A Man Called Uwe, well, what can I say? This was a Swedish film with subtitles, so I don't know if that counts. I think it should, but this one, I'm leaning on the book more than the movie. Again, I liked the movie, but the book had more elements to it. I could feel Uwe more in the book. I was more in love with him. He was funny in the movie, but not like the Uwe I was crazy about. So yes, I preferred the book, but I would still recommend the movie. I would like to end with the book Normal People. I have not watched the TV adaptation on Hulu, but my understanding is from talking to someone who has read the book and is watching the show that the show is actually a bit better. She herself was hesitant to say that because in the book world, it's sacrilege, but she admits to it that the show has a bit of a leg up. And interesting enough, I'm on this app called Swell. It's an audio app, and I'll add the link in the show notes. But the reason I bring it up is because I got this from Rachel at Swell, and one of her Swells was a brief audio recording of the show, and I listened to it, and I was like, oh my goodness, I have to watch this now. I have to watch this. I read the book, and apparently the show is very close to the book, and this was a book I swore could not be made into a TV show because there's so much internal dialogue, and that audio clip did me in. I can almost feel, maybe, why someone thinks the show is better, but I am beyond curious right now. And that's it for now. Before I go, I will make my usual pitches and requests. If you loved this episode or any of my previous episodes, please share this podcast with your family and friends and through your social media channels. Please take a moment to write me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can write me a review on www.ratethispodcast.com backslash livingalifethroughbooks. I thank you in advance. 
Join the conversation with me on a new app called Swell. My tag on Swell is at Bookish Podcast. Living a life through books was too long of a Swell tag name. Anyway, it's an audio app. And for podcast listeners like yourself, you will find something there that will interest you, that you can interact with. It's a great way to chat with me. I ran into another podcaster there. He has a podcast called Poetic Earthlings. It's a story podcast. It's different, interesting, sci-fi-ish. Makes you think it's provocative. Check it out. What else? You can also reach me on Facebook and Instagram on Living a Life Through Books or email me at livingalifethroughbooks at gmail.com. The opening and closing music to this and all my previous episodes was composed by my husband, Brad Slavik. And yes, my husband, Brad Slavik, was in the show discussing Lord of the Rings. I'm Dr. Shanaz Ahmed with Living a Life Through Books, signing off. Remember to water the seeds within you. It's time. It's time.